Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. And uh, I want to say what's up to my co-hosts that are with me today. What's up, Miss Rabbi Shonda? How are you? I am good. How are you? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. My main man, Stefan, who's always with me. Say what up, Steph. What up? How you doing, sir? How you doing? All right. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Road to Damascus. Um, if you would like to contact us outside the show or reach out to us, we have a new email. So that's road, the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. That's road, the number two, at I, uh, road to Damascus at iCloud.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, road to Damascus, as well as Twitter at road to Damascus. So if you ever want to reach out, have discussions with us or show topics or things you would like to hear us hear us discuss go ahead and uh reach out to us anytime all right so let's go ahead and dive right into the topic this week so we're going to be talking about church hurts or church hurt or getting hurt by the church so um church hurts shonda does it exist absolutely the church is giving people ptsd and we have ignored it for a long time um, it is a real thing, and anybody who says it's not a real thing is probably the person inflicting the church hurt. Okay. <laughs> We're going to dive right in just like that. <laughs> Stefan, does church hurt exi- exist? Church hurt does exist. I uh, have a scar from it. <laughs> <laughs> can, you show, can you show us that scar? <laughs> no, I'm not taking my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no! <laughs> yeah, what kind of church? It's like, what was that? The Da Vinci Code, where the guy was sitting there beating himself with the whip. Like, right. we ain't talking about that kind of church. Or we're talking about emotional, not right, right, not like, physical. You know, right. not picking your own switch when your grandmother yeah. sent you out there. No, the we church hurt. I probably would say is you know early on, um, when I was really trying, when I thought I was doing the right things as far as serving God and then people just kind of bust your bubble and instead of encouraging you down a new path they deter you on the path that you're on you know so no I got you so we're gonna we're gonna dive in a little deeper in that so go ahead Shonda elaborate on on the point you were making which one well (laughs) well you said it absolutely does exist and the person who says it doesn't exist is probably the one inflicting the hurt. Right. I say that most most of the time people who are um, actually in denial, these are normally the people who who are causing the trauma. You know, no, church hurt, church hurt doesn't exist. Yeah, I've heard that numerous times. Right. Okay, that means you don't want to acknowledge my pain. When you don't want to acknowledge another person's pain, you're avoiding accountability. So... The goal should never be to invalidate another person's pain. Wherever they got the hurt from, you should never invalidate that pain. It's real to them. You should acknowledge it, validate it, and hear it. And when you don't, you cause more trauma, which is the reason why so many people say, I don't go to church. 
I'm not going back to anybody's church. I don't like organized religion. We, if you trace that back um, to what I call the law of first reference, <laughs> it will probably be traced back to when they were hurt in church. Okay. So, so what, what, give some examples of things that you've seen personally that would, would, because some folks might be like, well, what do you mean by church hurts? Well, I'm glad you said that. She's whipping out the notes, ladies you know, and gentlemen. We would, we would all like to think that uh, when we choose to become a member of, of God's body, because it's really not the, the church, the church is the body of Christ. Absolutely. So we would like to think when we become a part of the body that everything's going to be okay. You know, you're going to be fed. You're going to be led and shepherded by somebody who understands, somebody who is full of love. You know, I can go to them with my pains. I can go to them with my, with my faults, you know, and receive some healing and some help. And when you don't get that, now you just experience church hurt. Okay. That has happened to me. I've seen it done to other people. Um, it's just, it's kind of like this. Imagine you are walking around the park as a kid. You're walking around the park, you get separated from your family. And you're a kid. What do they teach you? Who do they teach you to look for if you ever get lost? Like a person, authority, police officer. Exactly. So how do I identify a police officer? By his uniform. Exactly. So I'm walking through the park. I'm separated from my family. I see a police officer. I'm scared. This is my safety. I go to them. Sir, I can't find my mom. I'm lost. Can you help me? And he turns around and beats me, handcuffs me, throws me to the ground. He's not a police officer. He's just wearing a uniform. He looks like he can help me, but he can't really help me. That's what happens when people come into the church. Mm -hmm. Homosexuals come into the church because they need help. I'm coming in here to get some help and healing. You look like you can help me. You said you can help me. You said this was a hospital and a place of love. I come in here and I only get judgment. I only get talked about and hit on a couple times by some of y'all in here hiding under the covers. But that's another side. Another <laughs> that's a subject for another day. Right. Or you come in because you're already beaten up. Football players expect to get tackled, not by their own teammates. Wow. That's church hurt. Man, I think we Agreed. could uh, just end the show right there. She just dropped the whole mic, the whole stand, the whole – Everything. I wish I had one of those Jamaican drums. It was, uh, 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 uh. I'm pretty sure Amazon has them. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Steph? Yeah, no, Church Hurt is uh, definitely a letdown. Shauna pretty much just um, brought all of the points home at that, you know, uh, based on what she explained. Um, people get Church Hurt from uh, many different things. Like, you know, some people want to be baptized and it shouldn't be a you-need-to-be-a-member you kind of thing. Why not just baptize the person, you know? You don't need to be a member to be baptized. Right. If it's, if it's a gift and you're actually really trying to bring people in, why does somebody have to be a member in order to be baptized? Why are you setting regulations on what somebody can and can't receive in the body of Christ? Until that they until they you know meet your your needs or meet your your member quota or whatever it may be. Um, another thing is that I know for a fact that causes church hurt, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the number one leaders, is church gossip. 
Okay. Mm. When people are in leadership positions and they hear somebody talking about them or telling them, you need to just relax. You need to calm down. It's a lot of it's a lot of times it's when somebody really is on fire for God and the other person is envious of their flame. They try to dim it or they try to put a little bit of water on it. Okay. Sometimes the water, you know, kind of. Yeah. Well, let me, let, well, let me, because this isn't on my notes as a question. Well, let me ask you this. The church often talks to us about being individuals and, you know, everybody is different. You know, that's what makes us unique. God doesn't want the same person. You know, this preacher don't preach like that preacher. This person don't teach like that person teaches. So does the church say they want individualism, but yet really doesn't want individualism? They just want us to be the same. And that's where they begin to, um, it's almost like, let me give you an example. So say you could say you have two kids and one kid is your, your standout child as far as school and everything like that. And your other child might not be as good in school, but you always make the second child feel inadequate of the first child because you want them to be like the first child. Instead of finding out the areas where the second child is able to excel, you try to make them more like the first child. Well, that's not what's going to do it, but in the course of you trying to make that child, second child, like the first child, you're also traumatizing them because you aren't making them feel exceptional in the ways that they want to feel exceptional in the things that they do. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? I do. So go ahead, Steph. What do you think about that? Um, yes, I, uh, I believe that the only way you can do that is, uh, or to, to, protect against that because it's not really something you can avoid right if the church is doing that right. right but i mean so with but the question is do you think that the church says it, well we know oh, it individual. says yeah it says like we want we want you to be who you are come no. as you are you know we used to always hear that come as you are right until you come in there and you a woman and you got blue jeans on and gym shoes and a t-shirt yeah i think we touched on this last time right no they don't <laughs> they want i mean I'm not going to say all churches because this new generation of churches is starting to really change as far as letting people kind of be who they are. A lot of pastors now are wearing street clothes. They're not all wearing suits. You know, I take like a Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick never wears, I've never really seen him in suits. You know, he always wears a hoodie. He wears comfortable clothes. He wears clothes where he feel like he can be himself. That's what this generation needs is people that can be themselves. Um, some churches frowned upon that. They say, no, you need to be wearing a suit with a tie, some dress shoes and things like that, which those are the traditions. Um, so some churches don't want uh, individualism. They want everybody to pretty much be the same to where they can. Now, that's a church going forward. You know, that's some church going people. So you you can wear a church person's uniform, as Shonda was talking about. Well, you can identify that person as a church person because they dress like a church person. Exactly, exactly. So what do you think, Shonda? Do you think the church preaches individualism and being unique to bring your skill set to God but yet wants to mute that? I think there's a a little bit of both. And I think it stems from the fact that um, we do believe that there are identifiers that there are things, you know, there, there was this big thing back in the day that you shouldn't look like the world. Like, I should be able to look at a group of people and pick out 
who's saved and who's not. The problem with that is all of your identifiers are based on your senses. And if that's all you have, you've already missed the mark. Okay. So consequently, we had a church full of people who looked holy but couldn't live holy. I do believe there should be identifiers. There should be things that separate you. And it's explained explicitly in the word what that is. How will people know that you belong to me? They will know by the love that you have for one another. That has just not been the case. And the people that you see in churches right now are the people who are healing from the abuse. Let's just call it what it is. They're still healing from the abuse that they suffered at the hands of broken pastors who could only reproduce after your kind. You're not going to be a broken pastor producing healed people. That's heavy. That's real heavy, that part right there. So let me ask you this. How do we stop it? Oh, this is a good one. How do, how do we, as a body, address not only the people who've been hurt, but the people who are hurting? Sean Those asked people. me to write some points, and this is probably the only point I wrote. <laughs> so I hope, you, I hope you're happy with this. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start. Go yeah, ahead. Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Dive into that one, Steph. All right, so the only way to uh, really get rid of it is it's an individual thing. The only way you can protect against this is to remove one element, and the element is, is pride. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. People are going to hurt you. Church is going to hurt you because the church is nothing but a body of people, of believers. People are going to hurt you. The only way you can ward against that um, is to remove pride. Pride is so the reasoning voice. Who, who's the person that has to remove the pride? The, the person, leader or the? No, the person who felt, feels hurt. A lot of times church hurt happens and the person wants to remove their sales from the church. So what do they do? They stop going to church. They say, I don't want to be around these people anymore. I'm not going to even be a part of this um, this part of the ministry because I don't want to be around that person or whatever. But if God is leading you to be in that area or whatever you're doing and you're touching people and you're actually happy to be there, that means you're in a place that God has put you. So you need to remove that other element. Now, I'm not saying don't resolve it. You have to resolve it. But after, resol after you resolve it, pride is the unreasoning voice that – allows infection to start after the knife is removed. You understand what I'm saying? That's good. It doesn't allow you to heal. It allows the infection to run its course and still. So, so, so just so I understand it, you're saying that the person who has been inflicted, the person who had the wound uh -huh. has to drop their pride. For it to be able to begin to heal. I'm going to give you a real life scenario right now. Okay. Right? I've got a cousin. I haven't talked to him in a while. We always talk, right? Okay. I haven't talked to him in a while. And a part of me, of course I miss my cousin. You know what I'm saying? I love my cousin. And I'm not, I don't feel like I was on the side of wrong, right? But at the same time. Pride sometimes makes me, you know what, I'm not going to hit him. When I see him, I don't even want to say anything. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit is constantly in me like, no. You no. can't be like, I You're got you. not going to be like that. Okay. Right. You have to change, especially when you have a calling. 
You know, so you have to you have to constantly check yourself. This is an everyday thing, right. everyday evaluation, every hour, every minute, every second of a day. That's the kind of evaluation that you have to take. So when you're in the church and church hurt happens, you have to check yourself because people are going to make you feel low. So is, is that where to love those you. who hate you? Exactly. Okay. You have to. People are going to hurt you. People are going to hate you. Hey. Prime example. I was just reading, right? Now, excuse me for this, but I I just kind of read um, on this dope Bible app that I've been reading, right? Okay. Um, and it's like the Bible in one year. And it talks, it has a devotional at the beginning. Then it talks about uh, the day before or the day of when Jesus received message that John the Baptist was beheaded. He was still preaching to a group, uh, the the people, right? Mm-hmm. What, 5,000 people? He was preaching to all those people. He did not let that hurt stop him from doing what he had to do. Now, it wasn't it wasn't church hurt that happened, right. but it was a hurt. Oh, yeah. That took place. This you. is somebody that's close to him. This is his cousin. Yeah, it was, it was the same thing with Mary and Martha. Exactly. This is he, his, didn't, he didn't stop and leave to go check on Lazarus. No. He took his time. So, it. it I mean that that's kind of a little beside the point, but it's yeah. The, the no, same I get what kinda, you're saying. No, I get what you're saying. He never let that discourage him on what so, he had. To so do. I get what you're saying. So okay, that makes sense. So Shonda, how do we stop it? Two points that I okay. want to make. One, I kind of want to piggyback off of what Stefan said a little bit because okay. he's he's right. The person who's hurting has to be willing to swallow their pride. Okay, but along with that. You have to confront the situation. Okay? Nothing heals that hasn't been exposed. You have to. Prime example. Borrow a word from Stephen. <laughs> prime example. I had a, a person in the church hurt me really, really bad. And I had the opportunity in that moment to address the situation with them, to let them know how painful that was, or just go with my default which is just to withdraw because I ain't got to be here. You know, me and LeBron, I'm taking my talents to Miami. Right. <laughs> so that's what I did. I chose okay. the second part. You know what? I'm out. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And I stayed gone for a long time. And the Holy Spirit kept dealing with me to go back to the same place where I was hurt. And I fought that for a while. And I was like, why do I have to go back? It's like, because you have raggedy ends. Oh, wow. Like, you can't go to the next place with this raggedy end still looming because you're going to recreate this same situation wherever you go because it's not healed. So you will recreate it yeah. because you're not healed. You recreate it. Because you reproduce after your own kind. Absolutely. Wherever you go, you're going to experience this. So I had to go back and have a conversation with the person who didn't realize how hurt I was. So we both had to swallow some pride. Confrontation, nobody likes it, but it's necessary. You might not heal everything you confront, but nothing will surely be healed if you don't confront it. That's the first part. The second part is nobody likes to be hurt. I don't want to be hurt. Okay? It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. No, I, I don't you. know anybody who does. 
but I certainly don't want to be hurt by somebody who I think knows better. Makes okay? sense. I don't expect it, but even David said it wasn't my enemy. It was the person who dipped their hand in the dish with me. So chances are the person who can hurt you the most is the one that you love the most. And you cannot protect yourself from hurt. The moment you decide to protect yourself from hurt, you have just closed yourself off from experiencing real love in its purest form. Wow, I like that. Because you can't have one without the other. Well, I mean, somebody once told me that you can't avoid the things you want to anyway because you find your destiny on the road you take. You meet your <laughs> destiny on the road you take to avoid it. That's the truth. Shonda yeah, told me easy. that. Yeah, that <laughs> so, yeah, you, you try to take the road to avoid it, and yeah. you're going to meet that destiny anyway. So, well, let me ask you this. So, even when it comes – so, let's say y'all y'all have given me individual, like, Stefan said a cousin, you said the person at the church. Now, I didn't – I don't know if it was – It was a another, pastor. Oh, okay. So, that's – so, perfect. So, how do we then – because – what we've been taught in the church is the authority figures of a pastor. You pretty much, a lot of churches have this. You don't question the pastor. You can't. You, how do we then get that to be turned off as a default? Because if anybody's going to have a, 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 a large chunk of pride on them, it's going to be the person in leadership. And that's already wrong. Oh, no. Like, I don't. The person in leadership has to have the biggest chunk of humility. Because you're the biggest target. You know, the higher up you go, the lower you should go. And when, when that pride, when they go up and the pride goes up, you're going to leave a trail of carnage. Okay. How What do you think, Steph? Yeah, no. It, the person that's in, in leadership is the person that should be the example. It shouldn't be um, to where that person is creating this space for somebody to be hurt. But at the exact same time, they're only human, too. You know, they're going to do certain things. People are going to have expectations of them, and they're going to let these people down. And Shonda said it. You got to address it. As soon as you address it, I'm pretty sure some people, not all people, but some people, if you let them know, hey, you hurt me, you know what, I apologize about that. I didn't right. mean to create that or to say that to where you would be offended by that. I was trying to say it in a way that you wouldn't be offended, but I was also trying to get my point across. You know, so a lot of people are going to take certain things different. That's how you'll know somebody who's really in a leadership position and who's really trying to go in the right path versus somebody who's just, you know, uh, just just tyrant, who's just like, you know, what? I, don't, I don't care. Say what I said. Right. Well, I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's a little bit different from the standpoint of because I think sometimes we can say things in a way that hurts people. And they can take it the wrong way or we didn't mean it that way because just how whether it be someone's body language, maybe it be the way they say it or at the time they said it, that they can feel some type of way about it. But I think um, when you are in leadership, um, you know, or no, no, not in when you're in leadership, the way people say stuff. But then there's also just people who do things where you'd be like, no, no, that's not right. So like. Before the podcast, I told you I had a person that I'm friends with. They had a child. They weren't married to the person they had the child with. Father wasn't around. Um, when the child was of an age to get baptized, the pastor of the church refused to baptize the child. And 
they use the excuse of, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what the excuse is because there was no excuse to me. But to me, that person was very hurt by the situation and they have not been back to their church since then. Um, and I don't think people understand the trauma of those things and with the actions, because now it's not even about the words. It's like, wow, y'all supposed to be church people and y'all supposed to be ones who accept us in the same vein. I knew someone one time that, um, invited some friends to come to church and his friends like, well, I ain't got no church clothes. You know, I can't, you know, make it. And he was like, bro, who going to say something? Just come whatever you got. You know, you might learn something and hear something. He shows up, his friend shows up to the church. Deacon meets him at the door and tells him, you can't come into the church dressed like this. Mm. So he texts his boy like, no, I'm just going home. He's like, well, where you at? He's like, I already left. He's like, but see, I told you, they ain't going to let me come in like that. The guy turned off, never been back to church since. So I don't think sometimes it's even just what I said it the wrong way. Like those kind of actions are repugnant to me. Right. And, and and really cause people to, those are the ones who get, like you brought up at the very beginning, both of you guys brought up about being very turned off by the church, not wanting to go back and things like that. There, there is a certain standard of holiness that the church is responsible for or that the body of Christ is responsible for. And we have to uphold those standards without compromise in that we have to be careful that we don't get God's standards of holiness confused with what we feel things should be. What do you think step? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you finishing? I didn't no. know you took okay. a long pause. No. Okay. took a long pause. There you go. And I think there are times when we, we feel like we're responsible for creating the standards of holiness. And that's not the case. It's not our job to create a standard of holiness just to uphold the one that's already there. And at the top of that is love. So if your first commitment is not to love, you're already going to be wrong. Now, along with that, there's a difference. There's a very thin line between trauma or church hurt, trauma and triggers. Okay. <clears throat> There was an incident where um, there was some conversation happening. And I'm going to choose my words carefully okay. in case the person listens to the podcast. I don't want anybody <laughs> to be offended. Okay. So let me, let me switch a few things around. Okay. Okay. You come into a room. We're, we, we, we're, cool, we're cool with each other. And you have on uh, a, a certain shirt. Okay. And I make a joke with you, you know, about the shirt. But like, okay, so this this what we doing? You know, this this how you come in here and we laugh it off, you know, we in the room, we laugh it off, everything's okay. Next time you have the shirt on, somebody else cracks a joke about it and you get offended. It didn't bother you when I said it. But when somebody else said it, it did. This was a situation that happened. And I explained to the person, I'm like, listen. This is the difference. This is not church hurt. This is offense. This was triggered by something that had nothing to do with us. Because if I cracked the joke and, and it, it was, was fine. funny and everybody laughed and then he cracked the joke 
and and uh, and the girl didn't laugh. This is connected to something that a man said to her a long time ago about how she looked. Because what's the difference? We said the same things. Right. So we have to be careful that we don't disguise our own personal triggers as church hurt. Because if it hurts you, the first thing you need to do is figure out why. You need to deal with yourself first. And then also address, after you come to the conclusion, then you need to address the situation. And say what you mean. Just don't say it mean. Mm-hmm. What you think, Steph? <clears throat> I just wrote a one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I said uh, a, a church that is led by tradition misses opportunities operating in change fueled by love. <laughs> <laughs> say so, that Say that again, Steph. So I said a church that is led by tradition misses opportunities to operate in change fueled by love. For the traditions of men have made the word of yes. God of so non So like you effect. talked about the baby, right? We know that it is frowned upon to have a child out of wedlock, right? We know that. But at the exact same time, to be a church and to be um, somebody who is being led by Christ, right, you are supposed to always take opportunities like those to allow that person to see God in every situation. Yes, you had a baby. It's completely fine. Now, let's gear you towards being a good mom. Let's dedicate the baby to God, and let's continue to move forward. Let's not make these mistakes or these things that are going to keep us down or keep us away from the presence of God, but let's continue to move forward. You're not supposed to have somebody uh, feel like they're not welcome in a place that we're all welcome, especially in a place that is is a, a love that is freely given. What, what I often try to do is I try to get people to understand the way Christ interacted with people that would be quote unquote sinners. He didn't call the woman at the well out of her name and make her feel some type of way for being married, messing with multiple men. He didn't make the woman who they threw in front of him with the, um, that had been having the affair. He didn't make her feel some type of way. He addressed the people who were trying to call her out and just said, go out and sin no more. So to me, I think at that point, Shonda had made a beautiful point earlier. You will know that you, they will know that you are mine by the way that you love when you are doing those things, are you showing love? I mean, the child didn't ask to be here, right? Pro-life. The child did not ask to be here. But God don't make mistakes either, right? So is that child not one that is worthy to be dedicated back to God, to be prayed over, to be um, given the opportunity to feel that presence and that love and know that not only as a, a body of of a church that we're not only going to support you as a mom, but we're going to support this child and make sure that though the, the situation you came in here with was not ideal, you will still be loved because Christ is going to love you regardless. And we, we don't get that. So that's that line you dropped. Stefan was, uh, was magnificent. Magnificent way to go, sir. Shout out. Don't go. look at me. <laughs> Let me turn this way. <laughs> So that that was a good line. So so let me let me uh ask this then. How do we do how do we 
repair damage that's already been inflicted? How can we help those who have experienced not triggers, but real hurts? How do we help those people that have already been inflicted with that? Or the people that's been inflicted and are damaged by the hurts. Don't everybody jump in at once. You know? <laughs> Don't all speak at once. <laughs> First, we can use, we can use our own selves, you know, as an example, um, a scripture that stands out to me because it, it, it changed my life. Okay. okay. And when, when the word starts to work on you, um, you know, when you're not taking out scriptures that hurt you and throwing them away, you're really starting to grow. So I think one thing we have to share with them is if you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. So just because you're hurt doesn't mean you leave. When you are hurting, that's when the grace of God is sufficient for you. When you're in pain, this is when he's closer to you than ever before. So if you can hold on at this point, then you will see the salvation of the Lord. If it is a situation where um, you are hurt, you'll be vindicated. You just got to hold on. What we can't do is just allow people to continue to be hurt and wounded, and we in the church keep stepping over them as if we've done nothing, except the fact that you're not perfect. Yes, he's coming back for a church that is perfect without a spot or a wrinkle, but except that right now, well, the only way we have those no spots and no wrinkles is because of Christ. Absolutely. Because it ain't our own <laughs> salvation that's getting it. At all. But we, we've got to acknowledge the fact that, that we've done some things wrong. And I think that when people come, you know, and they, they express that, you know, they have some hurt in the church, the first thing we should do is acknowledge it. Instead of telling them it doesn't exist. Like right. my first question, because me and you've heard people say yeah. church hurt doesn't exist. I have heard, and I've heard it from church people right. who have inflicted pain. Church hurt doesn't exist. Or get over it. Are you kidding? <laughs> Your face is priceless. Like, are you kidding? You should never say to somebody, get over it. Of course we want them to get over it. There is forgiveness that has to take place. But there is some pain. There are some pains that don't move without accountability and ownership. Well, I don't think in any situation we have the space to tell anybody to get over something. I think everybody heals in due time. So is it no matter what the situation may be, whether it's a church hurt, a personal hurt, or any other loss, to tell somebody just to get over it, I think would be, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what do you think, Steph? No, I think uh, you have to acknowledge um, if you've been hurt and how you've been hurt and voice it. And then um, at that point, you, you got to just uh, take the steps to move forward um, in that relationship with that person. Don't have any malice towards that person or bitterness towards that person. But it's one of those things that, I mean, the Holy Spirit will have to reveal to you how to move forward and how to approach it. Cause I really don't have one answer for that. You know, every situation is probably unique. I don't know how bad somebody's been hurt. Right. You know, by somebody in the church. I can't just say, uh, well, you know, you got to allow the Holy Spirit. That's just a generic answer. And I'm going to be completely honest. It's just a, a standard cliche answer that anybody's going to give them. You probably going to really have to pray about it 
And you're going to have to pray not one time, multiple times. And every time you think about that person, pray about it. And then one thing for sure I'll tell people is speak life into whatever it is. Like speak blessings over that person. If somebody you feel like hurt you and you're at pain or you're, that, that person, when they, when they, when you see their face and you're in your and it comes to your mind, speak blessings over that person and thank God for giving you uh the heart to to change and overcome whatever that is that that struggle is with that person after and during and after you voiced it to that person if the person acknowledged that hurt or if they did not acknowledge that hurt. Still move forward in your own life because once you've acknowledged it or once you've acknowledged it and you've voiced it, it is no longer your burden. Now, if you take it and you hold on to it and it begins to fester in you and now it's beginning to grow like a tree, the change one day is going to come, but now it's going to be a lot more work. You know, it's like one of them weeds that grew up in the fence. If you would have got it early on where it could have been pulled, now it didn't grow through the tree and 10 years later you got to get a, a, a somebody with a chainsaw and they got to wash the links in the fence right. or you got to get the, the fence removed to really get the tree so it's one of those kind of things it begins to weave in and out of your life in different yeah. areas and so you can't let it fester like that you have to um face it and then continue to play, pray about it uh, talk to God about it because although God knows about it, you have to discuss it with him constantly. You have to give it to him and not take it on on your own. And So, so how, do, how do you help that person even with understanding that you may never get the apology that you're looking for? Because a lot of times people sometimes just want an apology. Right. And you may never get that apology. Nah. Yeah, that's, by the same token people have to realize for as much as you've been hurt in church, you've probably hurt somebody in church. Okay. So we have to give the same grace to the person who hurt us that we would want from the individual that we hurt. You know, it's not just a one way street because many people are no longer even at the church where they were hurt. You know, they decided years ago, I'm done. I'm done with, you know, I'm just done with church, period. The person may have even passed away. You may not be responsible for causing your pain, but you are certainly responsible to heal it. So I like that. You can't put your healing in somebody else's hands. You know, that's what I tell people who come to me. Like, you, you can't make them responsible for your healing. You've already made them responsible for your pain. So you can't go back to the spot of the pain to get healing. You have to be willing to move on. I like that. I like that a lot. That that was a beautiful nugget right there. So last question. Should we call out church hurt behaviors that when we see them happening? Should we, like if, if people who are listening or us as individuals, if we see a person, so if we see somebody who is one who does things that we know, like, no, that's not. Right. Should we call it out? Should we call it out to them? Should we call it out to leadership? Like <laughs> y'all think y'all really thinking you, I mean, you understand what my question is? Yes. All right, go ahead. Steph. Yes. You really should call it out. I seen a video, right? Okay. Devin Franklin was with his wife 
Megan Good on the stage. Oh, I know. He knows where I'm yeah. going with it. Somebody called out and told his wife. I don't even think they, that was even the topic. About the way she was dressed. About the way right. she was dressed. It was like, so we, we going to dress like saints, right? You know, talking like that. And he like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-uh. He just, he nipped it in the bud right there. Like, uh-uh. We going to dress that right now. She can dress how she wants. She can do what she wants. That on your regulations, and uh, you know, and we talked about this before. Right. I'm not gonna even go because no, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work with a lot going on point. But yes, it needs to be addressed immediately. When you talk about it, then maybe that person can see themselves. And if they don't, then eventually they will. So you're saying just address it with that person right then and there, the minute you see immediately, or the day of. Right. Because a lot of times if you don't address it, then it begins to fester on you. And you wonder why you don't like seeing that person. <laughs> I like that. I like what what do you think, Shonda? Okay, I, I need to quantify this because I, I say yes and no. You can't say yes and no. You got, no, you I'm messing call, with you. I think Not you should. Sure. I think you absolutely should address it. I don't know if it should always be immediate. This is why I say that. Let, let, me, let me can I read this little Yo, note? Go right ahead, here? read read it. Church hurt is what happens when you experience any form of emotional distress by a member or policy of the church that's not connected to the truth of God's word. Okay. The acknowledgement of a sin is not wrong. Okay. Um, It doesn't disqualify you from, from God's love or anything like that, but you can't have love without discipline. So if your church hurt, has evolved from a truth of God's word, you're on your own. We can't apologize for that. There's nothing to address. So sorry, not my words. Right. But if it is attached to a policy or a member with the bad attitude who has come down through the ranks and we have just said, oh, that's just them and, you know, you just excusing them like this. Excusing their behavior. Right. Then absolutely you should address it um, immediately. So not even letting them get away with it. No. If I don't want you to do something, I need to stop you the first time you do it. Okay. Why let it continue? Because then when I address it, now I'm upset. So so let me ask you this. I, I, I know I said it was a, So let me ask you, based on, on the point that you made, why do we – because if, if the answer to – the statement you just made was, well, that's how that person is. That means we've let that person get away with that behavior for years. That's mm-hmm. why I say you got to cut into them. I was just about to say, <laughs> because it wasn't addressed when it first happened. It has just been allowed to continue. And when you say, this just me, that's a cop-out and you a coward. Wow. <laughs> I, I Man, that, that was... Uh, that was a deep knife right there. Shonda just put it out there. No. <laughs> she don't care what unapologetically. I don't. Yeah. You refuse to accept the fact that you are mean and abrasive and that you like just the woman handle who- people. Yeah, you just handle people any kind of way. I'll say what I want to say and I'll do what I want to do. You're a coward. Right. You're probably hurting deeply. And instead of you addressing your pain, you cover it up with anger. So if the only response you have is anger, 
my brother and sister, you are in pain. And it would be easier for you to acknowledge that pain and heal from it than to keep hitting people with this hammer. Because if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything is a nail. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And then you also run into the situations where, like you said, I mean, you reproducing after your own kind. So your attitude is making people just like you. You're basically turning them into a version of yourself that will then later on turn around and hurt people. I think this goes back to that that, um, that, uh, episode we talked about. Uh, people in leadership and, uh, you know, some people taking it serious and some people, I think, how did it, how well, did it go? That, that was, was it again? No, that was when we were talking about pastors, like being in leadership and how we, do we elevate them too much? Elevating them. Exactly. So it's kind of the exact same thing. Um, if you don't call somebody out on something and they feel like they can just get away with it. I mean, these is, these are people, right? But these are people with a calling to do what they're doing. That doesn't give them any power over you. They can't just say anything to you. Right. They can't disrespect you. And they surely can't stop you from doing what you're doing. Only thing that a pastor and anybody else in the church can do is try to lead by example. Okay, real quick then. Let me ask you this. What is the pastor's role in these situations? I'll go with you first, Shonda, since you're an elder. What is the pastor's role in these situations? In situations of, of church hurt? Meaning if, okay, what what a church typically looks for, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that the deacons and the elders are the eyes and the ears of the church. Yeah. And when y'all have your monthly meetings, y'all go back and talk about, you know, things, you know, finances and church moves and programs and things like that. But then y'all also talk about, hey, this is what we're hearing from people at the church. So Shonda goes into a meeting and people at the church have been complaining about a person who that you described as hurting people. Like mm-hmm. just we like brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, the married couple they left here because sister so-and-so mm-hmm. said what she said. And I know brother so-and-so ready. If he, if he wasn't a man, if he was a woman, he would have slapped her because he upset and I know you guys say this is how she is, but no. So how you go to the pastor, what is the pastor's then responsibility in in any of this, in your opinion? Whenever, whenever a person comes to you and you are a leader and they come to you and they tell you, I have, there's this problem with this person and they keep doing the same thing, and it's painful to me. My first question would be, have you talked to them? If you have not talked to them about it, then you should send that person to have a conversation because we're all adults. If you're afraid to go to the person to have a conversation, then that's a different conversation, okay? Now, after you go to the person to have this discussion and it doesn't change, Now we need to bring this person in and let's all of us sit in here to discuss this, to see what the problem is. Is there a problem and how can we resolve this? So it goes from the pastor addressing it one-on-one or the person who brought it up. So if you got an art with your brother, you take it to your brother. Yep. And if they don't hear you, you go get a witness. Okay, Steph, listen, come with me or B, come with me. 
I need to talk to Stefan. I need somebody with me, you know, as an a arbitrator or a mediator or just somebody to witness this. And you can tell me if I'm addressing this wrong. Okay. And so I take you, we have a conversation, still doesn't work. Now, okay, we need to get the leadership involved. And once you realize that this is a problem, it is consistent and is not changing, that individual should be dealt with. And if it is a problem, see, I'm, I'm still old school to a certain extent. I got you. You're going to have to sit down until you get yourself together. Meaning no no roles or any act. No, nothing. Act. I don't want you to do nothing but come to church until Psalms 51, I think, and 5, until your spirit is contract and your heart is broken and changed <laughs> and, you know, and, and God has made some changes in you. Because what you're not going to do is go through here, you know, cut through this sanctuary like a chainsaw that's out of control. And if you don't stop that, it'll spread through your church like a cancer. And you'll, and you'll wonder... Why is it so hard to experience the glory of God? Well, why is it so hard? Why is nobody being healed? Why is everybody in here sleeping? Why is it that nobody cares? Nobody's coming to church. The Bible class attendance has gone down because there was a cancer in here that was exposed but not handled, and now it is spread. Wow, that was uh, that was uh, heavy. What you think, Steph? Some of these churches need human resources. <laughs> HR <laughs> HR department. <laughs> and that's the problem. Church is not a business. It's not a business. And people bring these business models into the church. Kind of like, you know, the pres- former President Trump was not a president. He was a businessman. Right. So you turned America into a business. And he ran it like one of and his businesses. And mad that, when that. he wasn't presidential. Right. Well, when you oh. had seven bankruptcies, but, too, but that's another conversation. But church has some business elements to it. Well, that, such, but the, as? such as leaving the lights on, the water running, things like that. Because so I think and that's probably another church topic. Does yeah, the church? I don't. I, I does think, the church? What do they do with the money? No, but that's no, a, that's a. But no. that's why that's why people get hurt. Yep. Because the business of the body is people. Right. Yeah. I, I, that part I would I would disagree with you on, Steph. Just from this standpoint, I believe, and again, doesn't make it right or wrong, but I believe that there is there a business element about keeping the lights on. Absolutely. But the business of the church is the people. Your your your. So I don't look at the church as a business as much as more as I look at it as a hospital, a wellness center Mm -hmm. that we are supposed to be helping the inflicted, the wounded and, and, and making them well, where a business job is, is to get money for shareholders. That is the job of a business um, is, or a corporation or whatever. Their number one job is to make a profit, for their investors, like no, on Shark Tank. I don't, no. don't want to say that. No, I mean, a business has a goal. Their goal is financial. Right. A business, I mean, so like when, like you guys ever heard the, the topic or heard the term kingdom business, mm-hmm. right? This is, I mean, essentially just kingdom business. So when you talk about, I'm not really talking about a physical HR. Right. No, no, I, I know you really was being fine. No, 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 no. A joke. No, no, right? we, we knew that, but I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying... A, a, a business side to a to weird organization. A lot of churches lack organization. So well, well, that that that's something to me. That's something different 
Um, different than what? Like you have to handle business, but this is not. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, you know what it, I mean? So business stops, right? Business stops when church is in session. Business stops when it's somebody that needs to be talked to. When there's, there's something that needs to be handled. When we're talking about, uh, like we talked about when people are being hurt. Or we talked about uh, somebody needs to come and have somebody pray for or a child dedicated. That's not, that's not, that's kingdom business. That's what you, this whole church is about. Right. I'm talking about the other elements that's outside of the the body to where it's like, hey, you got to have, you know, you, you guys have to organize. Like this podcast, this podcast is not a business. It's not a business. But Brock has to handle it, handle it as such. He has to, last week, he had a speaker here, right? He had to handle it as such. He had to make sure he had cyber water and, <laughs> <laughs> and literally cookies. Not the, He had to make sure his, he, his, I mean, computer will receive cookies. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Stuff right. like that. No, yeah. I mean, but it's no, like. I get what you're saying. You have to, it's elements to it, right? So then now you have to set these organizations to where it's receptive to people that really need help. People lack it because, or it's lack because people don't have that business mindset. So people actually have little expectations or no expectations when it comes to church. So they feel like they can just, it's a free fall. So we could just move in the spirit. No, so we can well, just do this. We I can mean, just go I, crazy and all this kind of stuff. Well, I, you know what I'm saying? I got you. So I'm saying it's it's elements to the church. The church is not a business, right? No, the church is not. The, the whole idea and the whole church or the whole model and goal for church is to draw people to Christ. That's where we get our oh, yeah. like-minded ideas and goals. Well, I, I'll just, because we didn't went a little left, but I'll just say this with that no, point. No, we didn't go left. I mean, we just, oh, no, no, but I'm just saying, but I'll just say, from my standpoint, because of us living, growing up in a capitalistic society, we look at things based on capitalism. Like, and when I, cause when I think of a hospital, I don't think that a hospital should care about profits, even though I know it takes profits to keep the lights on and do things like that. But, you know, to me, when I see churches that are run by businesses, i.e. mega ministries, they then turn around and begin to lose their, way on what is important the g7 jet for your pastor is not as important as the people that are filling up those pulpits that need to be helped you understand you going on mission trips to africa to india to san juan to all of these um quote-unquote third world countries should not supersede the fact that there are people in your congregation that are starving so that that that's just my little no, diatribe. Definitely. Yeah. So, but uh, we're gonna close this out. This has been a, a great conversation. Shonda just was dropping all types of nuggets and gems and things like that. So, absolutely. Before we close out, if you wanna ever reach out to any of us personally on our platforms, you can reach out to me at Brock H zero zero on IG. You can reach out to Stephan at tg on Instagram and you can reach out to Shonda at rushing for R U S H N four. And that is on Instagram as well. 
So uh, we're going to close this out like we normally do. And Shonda should already know that I'm coming to her first. So go ahead. Um, keep in mind that the person who hurt you is probably hurting too. And they probably suffered through the same pain that they're inflicting on you. And they're yet unhealed. So address the situation in love. Do your best to not take it personally. And I'll leave you with this. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And if any of those things are missing, just know that it's not love. Amen. Amen. Steph? Um, I'm always going to go back, and I'm always going to promote uh, having that relationship with God. I've been uh, reading um, Genesis uh, when it talks about Joseph, and it talks about his brothers. And Joseph, by many people's um, um, standards, would say that Joseph was could have handled the situation much different than a lot of people would have. Uh, his brothers literally tried to kill him. And then they sold him. And Joseph, having favor with God, was able to go. And he was sent, uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, over a house. Uh, forget the guy's name. Who, who well, Pharaoh. Was, no, oh, no, wasn't, before no, he was, Pharaoh. Yeah, he gotcha. was over a house. Potiphar. Potiphar. Yeah, I think it was. Yep. And uh, the wife tried to seduce him. He got thrown in prison. Then God still had favor with him. And he became, you know, he ran the, he ran the, uh, the prison. And from the prison, he became secondhand a pharaoh. And his brothers come to approach him. They don't know it's his brother, but they come to approach him. And they need something from him. He could have been in the position to where he could have shunned them. He could have turned his, he could have, he could have literally had them killed if he wanted to. He was in that, um, that place of authority. But Joseph being led by God. And when you're being led by God, you begin to take on the characteristics of God. So your heart becomes like God to where you have compassion and you have hope. Hope is one of the number one things. And when you have hope, you can see something much greater than the circumstance that you're in now. Hope is one of the things that you may see a relationship that is void right now and has no life in it. But then a year down the line, you guys are best of friends. The things are repaired. Things are corrected. Things are brought back. Things are healed. Heal, healing is not just from broken bones and and fractured toes. Healing is in relationships. Healing, healing is in mourning. Healing is in everything. So in all these um, um, situations that you deal with, even in the church, people in the church are not perfect. You're going to be hurt by different people. Somebody may have said something that triggered you, like Shonda had said before, triggers and various things like that. Don't allow those things to deter you from moving and the giftings that God has given you and the grace that God has for you and the love that he has for you. Show other people grace because I know for a fact that we've all hurt someone. Yes. And so by hurting someone, we have to have empathy to say, you know what, I understand. Maybe they don't see my perspective. And maybe I need to be patient with them, but let me let them know and continue to move forward. So constantly show love and perfect love covers a multitude of sin. Amen. 
Thank you, Stefan. Always dropping. Fear phrase. No, it's, it's so cool. We 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 knew what you meant, but uh, just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode. I'm just going to leave you with this. Um, we all know the story of Joe, and the one thing that always sticks out to me about Joe was his three friends. That while he was at the bottom of the barrel, going through everything he went through, his friends did not make the situation any better by blaming him for what they were going through. And that is the ultimate in what we can think of when we think of church hurt, that you are already in your lowest point of life and people are piling on and stacking on. But when God is showing you favor and when God is showing you yourself, you have to trust in him and what he is doing. And the people that hurt you or inflict these pains, they will be dealt with. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. So a lot of times we look to do our own vengeance, but we have to trust that God will do the avenging for us and not try to get in the business of doing it for ourselves. Now it is okay to address the issues and you may never get the apology that you are looking for. Like Job got, because remember God told his friends that you need to go to Job. He needs to forgive you. And then will I bless you if he forgives you? At the end of the day, you, God may never give you that power and that authority to be holding people's lives in your hand like that. But we need to treat people like we do have their lives in their hand, in our hands. And we have to love them regardless. Because like Shonda said at the very beginning of this podcast, they will know you are mine by the way that you love. And knowing that, thank you for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. Until next time, God bless, and we're out.